Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 47 of the Adventure Games Podcast. And this is the very first interview episode of the year 2020. And we've got quite a few interviews coming up over the year, every two weeks, with some first-time developers of exciting games that either have been released already, or that will be released either this year or next year, or sometime in the f- in the near future. I've interviews coming up with experienced developers who you've probably heard of, and whose games you've probably at least heard of or played as well, and also with some pretty big names. So... People who have maybe made some of those classic games we may have played, but that's, that will all be coming up later on in the year. And now in this interview, I'm joined by Joel from Clifftop Games. He's the developer of Cathy Rain, and he was one half of the development team of Whispers of Machine, which was Laura's favourite adventure game of the year, and of course one of my favourite games of the year, and Thomas as well. And now this... The interview was done before we did our uh, Game of the Year episode and before Laura played the game, so that's why I don't mention her or mention that she played the game and really enjoyed it. But um, but yeah, so now there are also no spoilers in this interview as always, so you can listen to this interview without having played Cathy Rain and Whispers of Machine. But for Patreon subscribers, uh, I will be uploading, or hopefully have uploaded... Uh, spoiler special with Joel where he goes into great detail about the endings and his objectives with the game and the whole teams of the game in great spoilerific detail and third act revelations and twists, plot twists towards the end as well. But uh, that's not here, don't worry. That will be for Patreon subscribers, so I'll be talking a little bit more how you can hear that after the interview. So... Uh, so until then, here is a trailer for Whispers of a Machine and followed by the interview. So please enjoy. So what's with the gloomy look? Left someone dear behind? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Welcome, Agent. Enjoy your trip to the middle of nowhere? You got yourself one juicy case here. Those two lovebirds of yours just turned a double homicide into an anti-terrorism effort. We're a pretty tight-knit community here, and we try to work together. Just relax a bit. Oh, I'll relax when we've caught this killer. Until then, I'm going to focus on doing my job. You have to be aware of the rumors. How agents like you are supposed to be equipped with some kind of advanced cybernetics. Let's just say I'm good at what I do. Wow, they sent a girl? Stop it, Theo. You always say stupid things and get us in trouble. Look into my eyes. I'll make the pain go away. I, uh, wait. Who are you? Wait a minute. This can't be the conduit, can it? Those crazy zealots trying to resurrect AI? The lure of artificial intelligence will never be fully diminished. Howdy, Pilgrim. Ooh, here to solve the murders, right? humans will create God in their image instead of the other way around. And what is a God if not one who has reign over life and death? My God. I think this case just got a lot more complicated. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am here with Joel from Clifftop Game, developer of Cathy Rain and Whispers of Machine. 
And I, I'm not going to try pronouncing your full name because I've tried it, and it for for me, for an Irish person, it's very difficult. That's, that's a good choice. Yes, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. No, thank you for joining me. I've been meaning to talk to you for a long time now. We finally found a time where we're both free. Yeah. Um, as I told you before, the recording, I'm a big fan of your games, particularly well, Cathy Rain and Whispers of a Machine. Which, oh, yeah. uh, which both myself and Thomas reviewed, which uh, which was great. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. Uh, so f- first of all, h- how are you doing? I'm okay, a little bit ill, but I'm on fine. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Hopefully, hopefully this interview or this conversation it won't won't make you sicker. <laughs> it will reinvigorate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, ho- hopefully it'll you know we'll both be fine, and I try not to keep you too long. Uh, yeah. Because I could speak for hours about the game, but I know we don't have that much time. So, yeah. um, so first thing, as I ask every developer and every guest on, on this podcast, is if you could introduce yourself uh, as you wish and then say what your favorite adventure game or adventure games are. Well, so I'm Joel Stafeste. I'm the founder of Clifftop Games. Uh, and I would say that... Uh, my favorite adventure games, I would say Gabriel Knight is probably number one, uh, which uh, isn't too hard to guess if you've played Cathy Rain, because <laughs> there are so some similarities, some superficial and some not. Uh, and if I have to pick like top three, I would say like Gabriel Knight, uh, Full Throttle and Primordia, I think. Yeah, good, good choice. And in particular, Primordia, not many. I mean, it's, I played it last year. It's a great game, but not many people say that as their favorite game. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really underrated. It has amazing uh, world building, and I love the story and the puzzles and everything is just uh, fits together really nicely. So yeah, I love the game. Yeah, I remember playing it, and one thing I really enjoyed about that game is how there seemed to be so much more of the world uh, there than was shown in the game. That it seemed to be such a bigger world Definitely. than what we could see, and the whole history as well and background yeah. to it. Yeah, I think that's a testament to the world building, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think uh, Techno Babylon has to be to the same yes. feeling. I think yeah, the world feels uh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now that's what I love when when developers, well, like yourself now as well, whispers of a machine, but how you create this world that seems bigger because presumably you have what well, you have a budget, so you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. have a you know a massive online world, open world, you know, like Assassin's Creed or Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, so yeah. you have to leave things to the imagination. So um, particularly with sci-fi, a lot of people do that with sci-fi as well, that it feels yeah. like this open world. And um, and yeah, Gabriel Knight and Full Throttle, two very good uh, examples as well. I love those games as well. Yeah. And um, so, so, yeah, so you... Um, now you've made Cathy Raymond before that. I was wondering. You also mentioned you're the founder of Clifftop Games, and so I was wondering wh- when did you found the game? Uh, well, the studio was founded probably in 2014, 2015 at some point, um, shortly before I signed Cathy Rain with a publisher because that's what gave me the option to go full time with the game. Uh, prior to that, Cathy Rain was just a, a, a hobby project on the side of uh, employment. Uh, but Katherine uh, conceptually uh, started probably way back in 2011, 2012. Uh, so I worked on it for like uh, four or five years, something like that in total. Uh, so before Katherine, I worked at uh, a few different game companies as a game programmer. Uh, but I always wanted to design my own games. So it started on a hobby level and then ended up being a, a career in 2015. Okay, so that's when he started kind of full-time, was it? Exactly, exactly. When I signed with uh, Raw Fury, the publisher of both Cathy Rain and Whispers of a Machine, actually. Yeah. Oh, very nice. So when did you say you started working on Cathy Rain? It's probably 2011, 2012 at some point. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it started. Okay, so quite a while then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the game was quite different back then. And I, I, I wasn't even sure myself what I wanted to do. I was just messing around with AGS and the, the project grew and uh, yeah. Cool. So that's how, how it started. You so the story you said was different. Are you able to say in what ways the game was different to the finished version? I guess uh, Kathy as a character was kind of the same, but it, all the stuff around her was completely different at different points. 
on the paper stage, I guess. Um, it used to have uh, very different uh, things. I, I don't want to go too much into detail because... Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah it, it used to be very different. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that can bring us on nicely on to the game then. So, uh, well, uh, actually, first of all, you said you worked for other uh, games companies. Is that correct? Yeah, I started at uh, Starby Studios uh, here in Sweden in uh, 2009, uh, and I worked there for a couple of years. I worked on uh, the Syndicate uh, first-person shooter, uh, and I also worked on Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which, oh. uh, yeah, you've heard of it? Yeah, no, definitely. That's a two-player co-op game, isn't it? Uh, it's a sort of a one-player co-op game, actually. Oh, <laughs> you, you're supposed to control uh, each brother with one thumbstick at the same time, and you're supposed to connect to both of them. And uh, yeah. it's really a neat little game. It's uh, story-driven. It's kind of like uh, Journey. It's kind of simplistic uh, in that sense. Uh, in the storytelling, there's not much actual dialogue. It's sort of a made-up language, and uh, yeah, but it's a really cool little game. Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing about it, and I got some very good reviews. Yeah, I think so. I think it has kind of high Metacritic, especially for an indie title like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. And what was your role in uh, in that game? So did you work on the dialogue or on the story? Or? No, no. On that game, I was only a gameplay programmer. So I started my career as a programmer, uh, and I've only written and designed uh, my own games. So Cathy Rain and Whispers. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, you started working on Cathy Rain, and then you got, uh, you got a publishing deal with Raw Fury. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's great. So uh, now a lot of people, I, I don't know how Cathy Rain did, but it, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have enjoyed it. It's still people still talk about it. And uh, so, but I was wondering for anybody who maybe hasn't played it, um, what can you tell us about the story of the game? Uh, well, so it's a, a detective mystery game. Uh, it's set in a small town in the U.S., and you play as Kathy, who uh, returns to her hometown after being away many years, and she's pulled into this uh, family mystery, and she has to confront her past, and there's some supernatural stuff going on, and uh, yeah, so that's about uh, the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's... And it's, now, you mentioned as well that Gabriel Knight 1 was one of your favorite games. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm sure... Cathy Rain, you know, it does have it, uh, is, its own kind of identity. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be inspired as well by Gabriel Knight 1. Would that be correct? That would be a correct assumption, yes. As well. I mean, it's a good thing to be inspired by, you know, one of the best games that that was made. But I think the impressive thing about Cathy Rain is that it, it holds its own, you know. It, it's by mm. no means... Um, a Gabriel Knight, you know, ripoff. It's not trying to be Gabriel Knight. It's obviously kind of inspired by it. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, yeah. But Cathy Rain is her is her own character. You know, it's, it's own game. Yeah. Um, so, how did you come up with the idea for the story, then? Well, I mean, uh, I want, knew I wanted to create a story about a strong female character. I've always been a big fan of strong female characters like uh, Buffy or Ellen Ripley uh, or Lisbeth Salander from the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo novels. Uh, so that was sort of where I started with, with the character, with Cathy. Uh, and then, I mean, the story is, is quite inspired by Twin Peaks, uh, where sort of the mundane meets the, the obscure uh, sort of lynchian in a way. Uh, so I, I knew I wanted to make this detective mystery, I guess, this small town mystery with some supernatural aspects to it. Uh, so I think that's where the story came from. And then yeah, I developed it over time and things grew organically. Yeah. Uh, cool. And you worked on this on your own? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least in terms of writing and design. Obviously, I've had people help me with the art and the voice acting and everything like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, definitely Cathy, Cathy Rain, the main character. Uh, now, it's been a few years since I've played this, so I <laughs> mightn't remember exactly, but I, I do remember the character that she's very different to, you know, a lot of other characters, particular female characters in adventure games. You know, she's, uh, you know, I remember she, she smokes a lot in the game. You know, she smokes uh, cigarettes. Yeah, 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 uh, sure. She, and she has, you know, a motorcycle, you know, kind of like a biker chick. So she's 
not kind of like uh, you know Nico Collard or Elaine Marley or even Grace in the Gabriel Knight games. You know, this this is someone who seems very very different. Sure, she she's a bit more of a badass, you could say. Uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that was that intentional? Of course, yeah. <laughs> that, that's part of her character. That's a core part of her. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to go for. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know that she doesn't take any crap from anyone. That she's, uh, you know, in kind of in a man's world, but making it her own as well. Yeah, sure. Um, but also, she has her, you know, sensitive side as well. So, from what I remember. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the part I also wanted to emphasize because it makes her more human, obviously. Uh, and it also it also ties into the story and her family history and all that stuff. So. Yeah, Def- definitely. Yeah, and um, and to, so was she inspired by? And you know, you mentioned other characters like Buffy and other strong female characters as well. Was she yeah. inspired by any particular characters as well, or was she just you know how you wanted her to be from your own imagination? <laughs> no, I think uh, Veronica Mars was a big inspiration as well. Mm-hmm. If you if you know about the TV series, she's also kind of a girl detective type character. Uh, she was also a big inspiration to Kathy. And what what about some of the other characters? What can you tell us about some? Because there are plenty of, well, from what I remember, really interesting characters as well. Not quite what we would expect, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, in the game. So what can you tell us about some of the other characters that we can find in the game? Well, obviously, there's Kathy's uh, grandma, who is uh, her connection to her family, basically. Uh and that's one of the superficial similarities with with uh, Gabriel Knight that you go to your grandma's house and you go up the attic and some people <laughs> scream rip off but uh, yeah but uh, i mean the most uh, prominent other character would be Kathy's roommate Eileen who is like Kathy's polar opposite in almost every way uh, and i loved writing their banter and how they interact with one another uh, and then of course we have uh, uh, some of the policemen at the police station, which you interact with at different points in the game. You have um, uh, Sue Myers and her son Nathan, uh, who are kind of, uh, I wouldn't say hicks, but sort of, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, you have the more mysterious uh, red man, uh, I... which ties into the supernatural stuff, but maybe I shouldn't go into too much detail <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, think I, re- I remember. No, it's, it's coming back to me. Yeah, I played it on my iPad uh, a few years ago, mm. and and yeah, no, I remember that when I was playing it, I was like completely disconnected from, uh, you know, from my own family. I say, no, no, I, I need to find out more what happens in this oh, game. So, yeah. um, so it, it worked that way. Yeah, no, I remember there was the well, but that's spoiling the Red Man, and um, some of the other characters as well, and uh, you know, the grandmother. Yeah, there's uh, the motorcycle club as well. Yes, I remember where, that as well. Where Kathy is sort of more in her element, or at least that was the idea. And she also has a connection to her father through them because he was a biker and he left her when he, uh, she was very young. Mm-hmm. So that uh, also ties into her past, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now I remember she when she was in the bikers club. And at first, I don't know if they were very hard on her because you know i don't know if they they taught or you know if they accepted her but then i remember they spoke to her when she when they knew who her father was don't know if that's if i'm or if i'm spoiling anything (laughs) no no that's not no not a spoiler i don't think no okay or maybe it didn't happen (laughs) no it it did happen yeah that when she mentions uh, her father they sort of take a liking to her uh so yeah that that was definitely intended uh okay And was there a full throttle influence with the bikers as well? Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and also, Sons of Anarchy, the TV series, was a big inspiration. Right. Uh, the biker club, and yeah. Right, okay. And then there's, now obviously we won't go too much into this, but with the supernatural uh, element, uh, that, that was planned from the beginning, was it? Uh, well, I mean, not in their earliest iterations like i've said before the game was very different at the very early stages but uh, uh, once uh, the development properly started yeah I, I knew i wanted some kind of supernatural angle to it yeah now another thing about this game that i really enjoy is the the artwork the the graphics now you mentioned that you were messing around with ags first yeah and 
did you so, so down how did you come up with these graph you know these graphics so it was with the ags studio um i assume uh, yeah well i knew i wanted to make a pixel art game uh, mm-hmm. And I knew I couldn't draw for shit, so <laughs> I uh, I looked up some some uh, pixel artists who had worked on uh, contemporary adventures. Uh, so I found uh, Shane Stevens, who also worked on the Resonance uh, and the Mages yeah. Initiation. I think uh, he drew the characters uh, for Catherine. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I also worked with uh, Nauris Krause. He made the backgrounds in Resonance. Uh, Wow, okay, so again, two talented individuals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, then I found um, a skilled uh, student uh, who helped me with the portraits, uh, Tove Bergqvist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that name. but <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Um, but, yeah, so so you worked together with all of these three people. How was it working with the three people then, going from you know writing the story yourself and then working with the three people on the well, the portraits and the backgrounds and the graphics. Well, obviously, it's always a challenge to not, I shouldn't say boss people around, but to, to give them direction. <laughs> I mean, people take criticism differently and you have to find the right way to, to get the result you want and make everybody happy. So it's always a, a struggle. Uh, but overall, I think uh, things worked out great and they were really professional and easy to work with. So. Yeah. Did you work remotely then with uh, with the three people? Yeah, yeah. It was entirely remotely. Uh, Kathy Rain and the Whispers of a Machine too, as well. Actually, was wow, that's also impressive. yeah, completely remotely. Uh, and I should that's... also mention that the guy who made the music in Kathy Rain, his name is Daniel Kobilars. Uh, he is from the US, uh, and I think he did an amazing job as well. I, I really like how the soundtrack for Kathy Rain turned out. It's sort of mysterious and creepy uh yeah it's great yeah so it kind of everything just worked out um, yeah yeah i was at different time zones as well was that an issue or did you get how did you get around that no we usually used like email communication so it wasn't an issue you would respond when you had a chance so yeah it okay okay yeah. that's great and i think definitely it did work at least with uh, with the graphics and the music then as well because the graphics are pixel art but they're also very clear and yeah. then with the portraits as well, they they look they look beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, and then one thing we haven't mentioned is the gameplay. Now we mentioned that she has her she's a you know a motorcycle, um, so that's how she gets around. From what I remember, she gets around from you know place to place. Yeah. And then I remember that you click on portraits then when you're in the well, shall we say map screen? Um, yeah. And so, so was this was this decided again early on as the best way to go from location to location? Uh, I don't think it was decided early on. I'm not sure exactly when it struck me that I wanted a more like I guess action-packed travel screen. People tend to often use these uh, abstract maps. You have a top-down town view or whatever, and you have different mm. locations that you can click on. But uh, I figured it, it was a nice opportunity to show her in her element on her bike looking cool uh, and i think it worked out yeah no definitely as you mentioned there's usually top down i don't know, but here we can see her on the motorbike i remember usually it's raining <laughs> yeah yeah usually well, it's rain is in the game name so it has to rain uh, hey that's a good one kathy uh, yeah. rain and then we can see the, the portrait as well it's point and click then if i remember yeah it's, it's kind of a traditional point and click uh, gameplay for the most part, I think. Yeah. And uh, what type of puzzles uh, can players expect in Cathy Rain? It's usually like collecting clues, talking to people. It's kind of Blackwell-esque in that sense. Mm. Uh, it's more about uh, uh, following the, the breadcrumbs and the clues than uh, like solving puzzles in that way. But there's a few brain teasers here and there. You have to get a, a code lock open at one point and you have to solve sort of a, a riddle uh, at, a, at another point. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty traditional stuff. Yeah, I remember it was more about, you know, the investigation, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. That you're playing the journalist and you have a notepad and then you're asking questions and seeing where the leads will take you. So that that does make sense. You know, just, there wasn't any timed mazes that I could <laughs> just add it there or, or slider yeah. puzzles that I just yeah, added yeah. there. Uh, which is good, by the way. <laughs> it's, 
And not, that I, not that I have anything against those puzzles, but you know, in context, you know, that in how exactly. in how many investigations, how many journalists have to solve a slider puzzle? <laughs> so, yeah. that, that was also, always something that used to confuse me, like in the, especially the earlier adventure games, like how many people actually have to do this? <laughs> exactly. Really? Has it ever, ever happened in real life? I don't think so. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, and I remember uh, when you're speaking to people and there's, Again, without giving anything away, something with paintings as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a big uh, chain of clues surrounding some stolen paintings. Mm. Yeah, okay. Again, probably don't want to go to uh, more about that. Uh, was the location based on any real location in, no. in real life? No? no, No, that wasn't intended. I intentionally wanted to keep everything fictional, so I wouldn't have to adhere to any real-life uh, geography or whatever. Yeah. So no, it's it's a fictional U.S. town in a fictional U.S. state. So. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I suppose I could, you could combine different towns and states. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. You know, here's Florida and here's Texas and here's New York. <laughs> exactly. I can do whatever I want. It's all fiction. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it, it worked pretty well, I think. Yeah. And now we spoke with the music. Now we've mentioned. Uh, you mentioned that it was Blackwell-esque as well. Speaking of Blackwell-esque, now correct me if I'm wrong, but did did Dave Gilbert direct the voice acting? He, he did, yeah. He, oh. he, yeah. Both the Whispers of a Machine and Kathy Rain, actually. He helped us out he, with the voice direction. Yeah, yeah that, again, that's a great, uh, you know, great, great coup on your part because I spoke to him before and he said that he loves directing uh, voice acting. Yeah, so that, it was a match made in heaven, basically. Uh, yeah. ex- exactly, and in all of his games, uh, the voice acting has been uh, super. Yeah, and, and I so agree. You, you know at least the voice acting is going to be good when he's directing it. Exactly. Um, how, how did you get in touch with him? How did you, you know, how, how did you and him agree to for him to work on the voice acting in, first of all, Cathy Rain? Uh, I think I was the one who approached him. I mean, we knew we wanted voices in the game and we were looking at different options. I mean, this was when the game was signed by a publisher. Uh, uh, and uh, I approached him and asked him if, if, if it was something that he would be open to. And we set up a budget and it, it worked out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I was very happy with that collaboration, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, so and did, was it something that the publisher wanted in the game? Did they say that they wanted voice acting as well? No, they were kind of hesitant, actually. They, they thought oh. that the game wouldn't need it. But uh, I knew myself how much immersion you get from voice acting. So I wanted that from the start, absolutely. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, there, there are times that, uh, you know, voice acting isn't really needed, I don't think. You know, so I think if the, the main thing is always should be the dialogue and the writing. Yeah. Um, and then I believe, now I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the developer of Bertram Fiddle, when he mm-hmm. wrote on Twitter, he wrote uh, free advice for other indie developers. And in in his opinion, he said that uh, voice acting should come last because everything else in the game should be done first. And then if you can afford voice acting in that, then he thought that you should do it. He also said it was a lot of work, um, yeah. but you you went and you got Dave Gilbert to do all that. So that uh, well, we still had to do the editing. So we of course just got, we just got the raw material. So we still had to pick the right takes and everything. So there's still a lot of work on our end with it. Uh, but yeah, right. he's right that you should absolutely do the voice uh, stuff at the end, so all the dialogue is final, all the puzzles are are nailed and everything. Yeah. Right, yeah, because good voice acting can really elevate the game, but bad voice acting... Oh, it can, can ruin it. Oh, so you know, late. there's several times, especially in yeah. adventure games of years gone by, how bad voice acting has really ruined yeah, some adventure games. It can be so frustrating when the game is great in all other respects, but, yeah. Yeah, well, thankfully that didn't uh, happen in this case, or with Whispers. So then with, that, with yeah. your... With your collaboration with Dave Gilbert, then, so how, how did you work together on voice acting? Because he didn't make the game, he didn't write the game. So how well, obviously, did you work together? Yeah, we, we, obviously before we started recording, we would uh, talk about the game and he would play through the current build of the game. Uh, and also uh, we would all be collaborating in the, in the casting process, basically picking the actors for the characters. Uh, so e- even before the actual recordings began, we would uh, work together on figuring out who would uh, play what character, etc. Uh, so yeah, just some research beforehand. Uh, and I haven't had any complaints with 
any recordings so far. So I think he figured it out easily. But I mean, it it comes with his uh, experience as well. Uh, of course, he would uh, know what kind of vibe we were going for with the, each dialogue line, etc. And usually, uh, they record a, a few different variations of of uh, the more uh, difficult cases, so we would have options to pick from. Yeah. Okay, so you had different takes on yeah. it, which is uh, well, the one to fit the context then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, it's 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 definitely worked for both games um, because I don't know if anybody, if too many people do it like like that. That if you know one developer works with uh, you know the whole game and then choose another developer to do voice acting, but in this case, it seems to have worked really well. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And um, and and again with the time difference and all, were you able to talk to him okay, or was it mainly email or? It was mainly email, and on for Whispers of Machine, we use Slack a lot, which is more real-time communication. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, we didn't have contact during the recordings. Uh, he had to have all the information before he recorded. I think he didn't even have, like, cell reception within the studio. So, oh. uh, yeah, so we, we couldn't be of assistance when he recorded. So, yeah. Okay, and how did you feel? I mean, I know it's Dave Gilbert that you trusted him, uh, but how, how did you feel as a well, director, developer of the game that you weren't there with the voice acting? Was it? Uh, oh, it of course it was kind of frustrating in a way, but it, I mean, it was easier for Whispers of a Machine because I knew that it worked out great for Kathy Rain, so I wasn't worried at all. But for Kathy Rain, it was kind of excruciating because I had no idea what it would sound like until I actually got the clips and then they were several hours long and you had to listen through it and find the takes so yeah it was kind of painstaking <laughs> I, I, I can imagine and uh, and did Dave Gilbert give any other advice on the game as well or did he stick to voice acting? I'm sure he gave feedback on both games absolutely yeah okay I, again get it from, from some of the best in, yeah. the, in the business and, uh, and so h- how long would the game did the game take people usually? Uh, Catherine. Yeah. To play, um, I think like four, five, six hours, somewhere around there. I think usually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it took me about similar and on on the iPad. Again, I'd play it, you know, on the train and on the bus home, and then yeah, uh, when I was, you know, I'd go home. Well, uh, down to my town away from Dublin, and I'd play it there, which was nice. I didn't have to wait till I came back on Sunday evening. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I could, I could still play it. And so, so this game and Whispers of a Machine, uh, they're they're both available on uh, tablets and on uh, phones as well um, yeah, as devices. Were were they both released at the same time on uh, desktops and on tablets and on phones? Uh, no, Catherine. Catherine had a staggered release. I think on it was released on PC in May of 2016, uh, and on mobile in like November or something like that. So it's about a half a year later. Uh, but for, for Whispers of a Machine, we did a, a synced release on all platforms. Yeah. Wow. And uh, do, do you think that was, you know, would you do it again? Do you think that that was the way to go to, I mean, uh, personally, I love it. The more options, the better. But from a developer's point of view. Uh, uh, it, it was, uh, <laughs> oh, it was really difficult, uh, I would say. But I mean, it, uh, the publisher Raw Fury felt that it would increase our chances of being featured on each store if if they were re- released at the same time. So I trusted their judgment, and we we got some features uh, on mobile, especially. Uh, oh. So I think it was worth it. I mean, you have to make the development at some point. So if you don't have the time, you would just have to push the release. Uh, sure. But it worked out, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I think that brings us on rather nicely to Whispers of a Machine. Uh, that was Cathy Rain. It's it's available on Steam and GOG, I believe, at least. It's, yeah, and uh, iOS and Android. Yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, it's available on Steam. It's uh, see here, it's available on uh, iOS and Android and bundles as well. Humble bundle, bundle stars and cartridge. Yeah, exactly. I see. So, yeah, no, definitely. I've played this game myself. Uh, I definitely recommend people either play it on their desktop or their tablets or phones as well. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm not the only, I'm not the only one. There are quite a lot of people, even still today, people still talk about it. So again, it had an effect on people. Um, So, uh, so yeah, so that was Kathy Rain. So now we're speaking about the release of 
Whispers of Machine. Now, this season, so we're talking about how this was released on different devices. Now, mm-hmm. this seemed to come around rather quickly because I seem to remember what seemed like probably a year ago now, at least at the time of recording, that it was announced. And we had a very quick trailer, which was mainly just an announcement teaser trailer. And then it just seemed that a couple of months later, the game was released. And I was like, oh, wow. This yeah, we had, we had kind of a short PR cycle or whatever the term for it is. Uh, I, I think it was like half a year before the release, we released like the first trailer ever. Uh, I think we announced it like uh, way earlier, but it was kind of a quiet announcement because that was before it was signed by the publisher. So the, the, it wasn't like a big PR splash or anything. There was only like an AGS thread about it. Sure. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I can see that people didn't discover the game until kind of close to release. Yeah, yeah, because when I first saw the trailer, I thought, okay, there's no real kind of gameplay yet. We don't really have much information yet. It's yeah. like a story. So it seems probably about another year, maybe two years, depending on how things go. Within a couple of months, it was, believe it was April 2019, it was released. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I mean, the, the problem with trailers for these kind of games is that you usually want to have uh, the voice acting recorded because you, you'd like to have voices in the trailer. Uh, so that sort of pushes the trailers to the end of development. So that's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah sure. Because, well, as we mentioned, uh, Dave Gilbert worked uh, on the voice acting on this game as well. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was the last part of the game, was it? Yeah, pretty much. But of yeah. course, a lot of bug fixing and and optimization and work on the mobiles, etc. But uh, yeah, that was that was the final sort of creative thing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So Dan, like with Cathy Rain, then uh, I was wondering if you could talk about as well, as much as you want, as little as you want, about the plot of the game and the setup of Whispers of a Machine. Okay. So Whispers of a Machine is a sci-fi game we call it uh, nordic noir so it's kind of a police detective investigation uh, story it's set in a nordic environment uh, it's set in a sort of distant future uh, and uh, the basic background plot is that the ai has come and passed so the world used to have uh, a lot of ai all around but at some point we uh, it all collapsed we don't know exactly how or why but uh, today, AI is outlawed, basically. And the world has regressed to a more simpler way of life, basically. Uh, and you play as Vera, who is this uh, special agent uh, entrusted to investigate murders. Uh, and she is equipped with uh, these um, sort of uh, nano upgrades or uh, augmentations, I guess, uh, some people call Whispers of Machine sort of Deus Ex, the adventure game. And <laughs> it sort of makes sense, I guess. That's an easy way to describe uh, the gameplay. Yeah. So you basically use Vera's augmentations to investigate uh, these murders, and that's the basic plot. Uh, so she's called into this uh, remote outpost called uh, Nordsund. Uh, and uh, yeah, she starts investigating these murders, and it, it turns out to be. Uh, something deeper going on, yeah. Yeah, no, th- th- this game I did play more recently, so it is still, uh, you know, fresh in my mind. Although I have, I can't, you know, I'm sure I won't remember everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it's, we were talking about you know Primordia and Techno Babylon, how they had uh, you know world building as well. And this game was something was similar, as you mentioned that there was AI before, but then yeah. well something happened and it's. Not quite. Uh, you know, people aren't really as fond of AI now as well. So you know that there's a history. It doesn't feel like the game starts with the characters. It feels like, okay, this character is in this world. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. And Vera as a character as well is more of a blank slate because you can play in, in three different ways. Uh, yes. you, you can play as an assertive Vera or an analytical Vera or an empathetic Vera. Uh, which which are basically three different uh, personality templates for her. Uh, and each personality will unlock different uh, abilities, different augmentations. So they will affect how you uh, solve problems. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the things that well, both myself and Thomas discussed in our review that we really liked. That it was, you know, a great idea. But sometimes, in theory, these ideas they might seem like good ideas, but then in practice, they don't work for you know, usually budgetary reasons or uh, you know something like yeah. that. But this game, it seems to work. I only played through it once at the time of recording, mm-hmm. and I at first I was trying to have more of the, you know three in the middle, but then I. Be- became more empathetic as the yeah. game wore on and then i could see with the uh with the upgrades with the augmentations that they suited the um you know the personality yeah exactly um, that was the idea yeah. so, so how did you come up with this and then of course if you're analytical or assertive you will have then other augmentations i presume yeah um, exactly. and, and puzzle solutions as well i take it so it's so yeah. each player can have different experiences with the game yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly when and how we came up with uh, this system, but I know that we wanted some replayability in the game from the get-go, and that's where the idea for the augmentations came from. So you could play in different ways. That's something we wanted from from the start. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you could have, you know, as mentioned, replayability if you want to go back and play it as, you know, analytical or assertive. Or- yeah. To try different ways, and also with regards to puzzles, you know, the, what I liked as well is that even with the different personalities, there are different puzzle solutions. Yeah. As well, that when I was playing and when Thomas was playing, and then we discussed the game, and we found out that we had solved the puzzles different ways. <laughs> that. Um, yeah, that's the, basically the way that we collect the personality points. That we mm. sort of figure out how the player chooses to solve problems, and then we shift their personality in the right direction. So, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the core parts of the game. Yeah, no, and I think it, it definitely works because before I played the game, I was thinking, oh, how, how will this work exactly? You know, I hope it works, but, you know, it's very ambitious. And a lot of times, you know, ambitious games don't always work, but I think it did in this in this game. I'm glad to hear so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people feel that the game is kind of uh, shallow. It's it's wide, but shallow. Um like PC Gamer thought that the game was more ambitious than it could deliver. But uh, uh, I'm glad you, you enjoyed it and thought it delivered. Yeah, yeah no, I didn't find that uh, at all. Do you, do you know in what way they said it was shallow? I didn't find that. Well, the, I, I guess they thought that uh, uh, basically that the, the world building could have been more developed and that we... Uh, I mean, the problem with having three different ways to solve every problem is that the game itself gets shorter and sort of compressed. Um, mm. So I, I think that's uh, what they okay. had an issue with, yeah. Okay, I suppose, you know, I don't, don't know if we're talking before recording, but how it's impossible to please everybody. Yeah, pretty, game, much, so. pretty much. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't find that really at all. And what, uh, what, what I liked as well was different puzzle solutions, at least with the puzzle solutions that I had were... Uh, you know, they had an effect later on. And again, without spoiling anything, one of the ways that I think you have to get DNA or somehow from a corpse or from a body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the way I did it, because it's an adventure game, was I cut off the finger of the dead body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you have to, dis- I think, distract. And again, spoiler if anybody's, well, it's not, I mean, it's one, but one way that you can resolve it. And yep. But then, what I like, because usually in adventure games, people, you know, other characters probably wouldn't say anything. But yeah. in this game, the next day, the the, the chief, I think, uh, he said yeah. to me, yeah, by the way, the doctor wasn't very happy with you stealing <laughs> exactly. the finger of his dead body. Yeah. You can actually give the finger back if you want. You can go and put it back. <laughs> oh, really? I, didn't, I don't think I did but, that. <laughs> yeah, but he's still mad. But yeah, just a yeah. funny achievement. I mean, I think it's normal. It's not. I mean, it's not normal to be stealing a dead body's finger. No, no. <laughs> and because then I, I did at the end of the game, I did go back. I think to read or uh, discuss with Thomas, and he did it something differently. Uh, probably yeah. the more normal way to get the to collect DNA. So, but, but it's, that was one... it's a fingerprint, actually. Yeah, it's the fingerprint. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah, but but that that's one of the things that I that I liked that they were kind of like effects, you know, that you could see the effect of uh, your puzzle solutions, how you decide to go ahead and do things. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, 
and so so yeah so then so we've spoken about so Vera that she's kind of a blank slate as well and that this is yeah uh, so this is set in Sweden is it yeah sort of or, yeah or Scandinavia at least yeah we're, we're not that specific but the idea is is somewhere in in the Nordic region yeah so again it's a f- fictitious town yeah yeah. Uh, called Nordsund, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, Scandinavian-sounding uh, names of people and places and that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It, uh, <laughs> it's sound, well, at least to me, it sounds Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so then I was wondering if you could talk about some of the characters in the game that we meet. Yeah, sure. Uh, obviously, you meet some of the police officers. You have the chief of police, Anderson, and you have... Uh, his sort of right-hand man, Gabriel, and then there's a few deputies as well, and they help you out uh, over the course of the investigation. Uh, And then we have uh, sort of some of the suspects, uh, but I probably shouldn't go into too much detail uh, (laughs) about that. I guess there's the uh, robot shop guy, the... Uh, Walter, the robot maker, they're not actually robots, but because robots are outlawed, but uh, he has this little uh, robot puppet sidekick, and he's supposed to be this uh, humor relief type character. Uh, oh, we forgot to talk about Goober in Kathy Rain. <laughs> he's also kind of a. Oh, sure, uh, yeah, if you want to comic. go back. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd mention him. He's also kind of a comic relief character. I, I really enjoyed writing the dialogue for both of these guys. Uh, I really like writing humor. I, I wouldn't dare make a full comedic game, though. That's too hard. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's that guy. Uh, there's also uh, Rolf, the gardener. He's also kind of a quirky, funny dude. Uh, mm-hmm. There's... Uh, sort of this obscure church you go to and you meet some of those people as well. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of interesting characters in the game. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and then, again, without uh, giving spoilers, but some of the characters who you might think are just on the fringes and then they kind of become more important later on. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. Because yeah. It, it happened to me, go, oh, so who's that guy? Oh, that's the guy or the, or the girl or the person that we met before. Who I didn't yeah. think was going to be that interesting, or I thought that their role in the game was going to be this, but then they have a bit of a backstory. So exactly, yeah. Uh, so so again, it's a you know very, very good kind of murder mystery then as well that uh, people some of you mightn't be exactly as they seem. So yeah, that, that's the what's the idea? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so then, as you mentioned as well, there's a string of uh, murders, you know, uh, as well that. Uh, you know, and so when when you were plotting it then again without going to spoilers, uh, did you have kind of the ending, or you know what happened uh, decided at the beginning? Uh, the story? No, I, I think the story changed a lot over the course of the de- development. Uh, I mean, part of it was because we were two writers and we had to agree, so we had to compromise and figure out where we wanted to go with the story. Uh, and some aspects changed quite late, uh, like the character of Alex. Uh, he was added like a few months before we started recording the voices. Uh, and he's kind of a big part of the game, but kind of hard to talk about without spoilers <laughs> again. But uh, uh, basically a character with ties to Vera's past. Um, she, it's supposed to be sort of her personal connection to the case. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it, it was... Uh, uh, a long process and the game had changed a lot, both in terms of puzzles and story over the course of the development. Yeah. And now I know we spoke a little bit about how you collaborated with, you know, Dave Gilbert, and then, but then how did you? I forgot the name of the other writer. Uh, Peter Jungqvist. That's his name. He's known as Andal on the uh, AGS forums. Okay, yeah. so Andal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Pet or Petter. Petter, oh. exactly. exactly. Petter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, so we, we worked uh, remotely as well, but we used uh, Slack to communicate yeah. on a daily basis. So, yeah. And he, he's from Sweden as well? Yeah, yeah, he's from Gothenburg, and I'm from the rural Dalarna. Yeah. Okay, and how did, so how did you write a story then? Did you write different sections of the game, then got together uh, well, on Slack, or did you, uh, you know, did you discuss ideas for scenes yourselves or how was the process to write? Uh, usually we, 
usually we we brainstormed uh, an idea together and discussed different options and and sort of reached some kind of consensus and then we added the detail work to the backlog basically and it would be uh, done by either me or him at some point uh, so yeah but I, I mean most of the detail work was done by me because I worked full-time and he worked part-time so usually the overarching stuff we did sort of 50-50 earlier and then I did most of the implementation later on yeah okay and uh, I mean it obviously turned out very well but um, were were there any kind of challenges as well working like this you know because you worked in the store in Catherine by yourself and then you worked you know remotely with uh, with Petzer on the story as well yeah Uh, yeah so was it you know more time consuming maybe this way Oh, definitely. Uh, and that's the reason I'm going back to uh, making my own games solo uh, <laughs> from now on. Yeah, it, it took a lot of time. And uh, I mean, 50-50 creative control uh, is probably not a good idea in any kind of project. Uh, so, yeah, that we ended up shooting ourselves in the foot. But it worked out in the end, but it took a lot of time and a lot of compromises. And I mean, if one of us had the final say from the start, it doesn't matter who, I think, uh, the game might have turned out even better because we d- wouldn't have to spend so much time uh, arguing and compromising all the time. But, yeah. Sure, yeah, so it's 50-50. So, what, uh, you know, again, if, what if the two of you disagreed on, say, something about the story or the game? How do you make a decision on what to include in the game? Well, either we would sort of fight it out until we had a disagreement or we would compromise obviously find some kind of middle ground uh, or I mean in some extreme cases we would sort of ask our beta testers for feedback uh, or some uh, uh, trusted other developers as well for their opinions yeah okay did Dave Gilbert ever get involved as the you know the it, third vote <laughs> probably not I mean he got involved kind of late so most of that most of those okay. issues were already resolved at that point but uh, yeah okay and uh yeah so we spoke about the story that we spoke a little bit about the puzzles as well so did you both do it like this with the puzzles um did you both talk you know about the puzzles early on as well based on your personality in the game yeah absolutely uh, i mean we had a uh, We've had a long list of augmentations that we had to cut or change. It was really difficult to to balance the augmentations because if they are too powerful, there's a lot of stuff that you want to do but you can't do. Okay, and then this was made using AGS engine again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because the, the graphics, uh, I don't know how you describe. I'm not sure if you describe it as pixel art because they seem more high res, you know, more high definition than yeah. in Cathy Rain. Was that correct? Is that? Yeah, it's uh, twice the resolution, 640 yeah. times 360 rather than 320 times 240. So uh, uh, it's I've, a lot, I've, lot more pixels. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the graphics look great in both games, but you can definitely tell that they're more high definition uh, in this game. So yeah. how, how did you manage to do the art this time? Because you, did you have the same people as Cathy Rain or was it Petter? Uh, no, who... Petter was the art guy, so he made all the characters and the uh, environments. And then we had... Uh, uh, Ivan Ulyanov, who helped us with the uh, portraits. He's the Wadjedi portrait guy. He has helped them oh. out most of the games. He did the portraits in Unavowed and the Blackwells, etc. Okay, again, uh, get, getting the best people to work on the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, so you wrote, well, you guys wrote the story and then you did the uh, the graphics then. And, and so, again, was it more... Was it more challenging, to, uh, do you know, when you made this game more high definition than in Cathy Rain? Uh, not for me, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> that different. But, but I mean, for Petter, maybe it was. I know that the Samaritan Paradox was uh, uh, more low res than uh, Whispers of a Machine. But I, I think he had kind of a, kind of a different process. So it, it's not that comparable. Uh, but you'd have to ask him probably, yeah. Okay. And, uh, I mean, we've mentioned that Dave Gilbert worked on a voice acting on this game as well. So, uh, presumably he was up for it from the beginning, was he, after having worked on Cathy Rain? Uh, yeah, yeah. We approached him, like, uh, way back about uh, helping us out with the voices. So, that wasn't a difficult thing. Uh, it was mainly a, a schedule uh, issue. He had just released Unavowed, 
sure uh, in 2018 and if the game releases would have been too close it could have been an issue but thankfully whispers was delayed enough so it wasn't an issue yeah yeah because no, i remember him he was writing on twitter and he seemed pretty excited about it yeah yeah sure. um, and and again there seems to be a lot of actors from wadget well who appeared in other wadget games yeah as, as well so uh, again did, did you have much of what well, did you ha- did you tell dave that he could choose basically the people he's worked with before or did you have the final say like in Cathy rain no we had the final say absolutely but of course we trusted his judgment in a few sure. cases um and uh yeah we did work with some of the same actors from Cathy rain as well uh i mean ariel siegel who plays Cathy rain uh, ended up playing katarina in whispers of machine for instance mm-hmm. uh, and also uh Mike Pollock, who plays the chief of police in uh, Whispers of a Machine, played the sheriff in Catherine, so he's totally typecast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, there's a few more actors like that. I mean, Dave, Dave Gilbert has his pool of favorite actors that he likes to work with. And if they have a good process, the end result usually ends up great. So, yeah. Yeah. And then in this game, since it's set in kind of a futuristic Scandinavia, Mm. Um, and Kathy Rain was set in a fictional US town. Yeah. Did, did you want the, the accents and the voices to be more kind of Scandinavian, or did you want to keep them more American uh, in the we, English version? Yeah, we probably felt that. I mean, we we the, the easiest way to do it was just to let them have American accents, uh, and we also even changed some of the character names uh, to make them more easy to pronounce in English. Uh, for instance, we had the robot guy. He was called Sture, uh, which is kind of <laughs> impossible for for an English-speaking person to pronounce properly. So he was uh, renamed to Walter, which is easier. Sure, uh, yeah, that's that's like putting my name Shorsha in a game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we had to make some compromises like that, but it, it wasn't a big issue. I don't think that it would have to sound like genuinely uh, Nordic or whatever. Uh, at least not to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the best thing because I think, you know, thing with accents, you know, with characters, you know, set in uh, countries that's, you know, like, well, like Sweden in this case, or especially, you know, like Russia or France where they're speaking English. Yeah. They're supposed to be speaking their own language. I was some other people are mainly in films. They have them speaking with fake kind of French or Russian accents. Yeah, it's which, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, it usually just sounds terrible. It's Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, what, what I liked was that it's kind of going off a little bit, but in, I don't know if you saw the movie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. A few yeah. years ago, that at least in the English version, the first sentence is in German, and then he changes to English. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're supposed to be speaking German, yeah, but it's in English. Sure. It's American sure, accent. Yeah, that's okay. It. It's, I mean, it's a little bit kind of off, but you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I think in this game again, um, you know, probably best to have the more American accents. Or um, and yeah, we, that, we, yeah, we sort of treated it like uh, you know when uh, Hollywood makes a, a remake of a Swedish film, sort of the same <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, and they're all amazing. Those yeah, remakes, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like the, the we mentioned Elizabeth uh, Salander. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen the, that version, but uh, I noticed the original Swedish version got better reviews. So yeah, yeah, they were better, absolutely. Yeah, um, but then another thing with the voice acting, I mean, I know it's uh, I, I think Ivy Dupler who played Vera, uh, who worked with with Dave. And what one thing that I that I particularly liked is because the character has three personalities, has to be empathetic or analytical or assertive. Then with the voice acting by Ivy, you now she has to be kind of playing three different people in a way, because I saw some other ways when she was more empathetic and it was very, yeah. the change was very subtle. Yeah, it has to be subtle because otherwise it will be super jarring when she goes from empathetic Vera to neutral Vera because we have all this neutral dialogue as well all across the game because we can't record like three versions of every single line. <laughs> That's just <Sure>. impossible. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I think she did an amazing job. Um, and it's subtle but still noticeable if you listen for it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's just neutral lines, but it didn't. You know, it's hard to notice. But then with the empathetic and analytic and assertive, and even uh, you know go, going back, um, you know, or 
watching on YouTube, you know, like the different endings, shall we yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, that the other person on YouTube had played her more as analytical and immediately you could tell the difference in the voice. Yeah. That it, it was colder. Whereas when I played exactly. it as empathetic, that it was she was warmer, you know, the voice was warmer. But yeah. but there was no that, oh look at me, I'm acting. exactly yeah um and then another thing was one thing that i found interesting was the game would only auto save when you uh quit the game um no manual saves um can you talk about the reasons why you implemented this well this was a decision that we made very early uh, in the development it's basically that we wanted to have uh, consequences for your actions and we wanted the player not to try and uh, min max the game we wanted them to just play the way that they wanted to play and not to try to like quick load if they get it wrong basically yeah yeah no that, that definitely but at first i was thinking oh wait you can't save the game what well, why can't but then i i thought oh yeah this is actually good that there are consequences you can't just go back and change the decision or check uh you know if you if you want to see how it goes you have to continue now exactly yeah um so i think it worked uh that way and then the music was it done by the same person who did kathy rain uh, no this was actually a swedish composer we we wanted a more scandinavian nordic sounding uh, soundtrack uh, and we sent an open request and got a lot of composers uh, but this guy jakob linke uh, was the absolute best. He he was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was you know really really good as well. Do you generally think that this uh, is and will be one of the best games of 2019? At least one of the best adventure games. Oh, thanks. Um, so yes. Yeah. I think it worked. Now, as I mentioned before, there are other people who preferred you know Cathy Rain, who really loved that game. But yeah, I, I think we you know what I, what I like you know it's great to see. I think that for me at least the games are improving. You know they're they're good to begin with. But, uh, you know, they're different as well because this was clearly ambitious that you tried something new and for me it worked. Where can people find you then online? Uh, They can find me on Twitter, uh, at Clifftop Games, and also Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Clifftop Games. Okay, and then Uh, you have a website as well? Yeah, it's clifftopgames.com, and I also have a Steam page. If you just search for Clifftop Games, you'll find it. Oh, okay. And I meant to ask you as well, how did the name Clifftop Games come about? Well, it was way back before before the game, uh, before I even had the studio. Now I'm not sure exactly. I had a few different options, and I remember asking my coworkers at the time which one they liked best, and, and everybody voted for Clifftop Games. So it ended up being the option, yeah. Cool. Uh, so democracy at work. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Cool. And uh, are you working on something else at the moment? You said you want to go back to making a game by yourself now? Yeah, I'm, I'm in pre-production of my third game. Uh, it's actually not being made in AGS. I'm making it in Unity and Adventure Creator. Uh, but it will be a low-res adventure game. Uh, but I can't say more than that. <laughs> okay, so it's, will it still be 2D? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's no, not going to 3D, not, you're not making the jump. No, it's Just a yet. 2D, low-res, pixel art adventure game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much then, uh, Joel. That's really uh, enjoyed it. So I really look forward to finding out what you're going to work on next. Uh, do, do you have a projected release date or anything else that you can say or you can't say anything? I else? probably can't say much okay. at this point. No, I'm sorry. That's too okay. early. Well, whatever you decide to make, I'm sure we, we can't wait. So thank you very much thank uh, you. for your time. So that was my interview with Joel from Clifftop Games. A huge thank you to Joel for joining me. I had a really great time speaking with him, and I hope you enjoyed the interview as well. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the spoiler special will be available, should be available now, hopefully, for Patreon subscribers on the $5 tier, where he speaks in more detail about the endings of the game that you can get, and third act revelations of the game, and twists of the game there as well. So if you've played the game and you want to hear the developer and writer speak, about the the game in more detail, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. And this is available for the $5 Patreons. So you can check it out if you so wish. 
And so next week I will be joined by Laura and Thomas again. We'll be reviewing the latest games that we've been playing and talk about the latest news and game announcements. Now we may be a little bit later than normal. Uh, Thomas uh, will be back from California and so we will be recording a little bit later in the week than normal so we'll try to get the episode up as soon as possible. Hopefully it'll be Friday but it might be Saturday or Sunday or maybe Monday so apologies if we are a bit late So, but uh, we'll get up as soon as possible. So until then I hope everyone enjoyed this episode and I hope everyone has a great year ahead. I know I'm looking forward to it so uh, until then, have a great week and a great weekend. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you